0: Today on CityCast Denver, which two restaurants would you pick to reflect the rich mosaic of Colorado dining? The New York Times published their choices earlier this week and we found them interesting. That plus Exandra found a dusty old box of Denver trivia cards from the eighties. So of course we're cracking that sucker open and seeing how we do. Today is Friday, October 15th, 2021. I'm Paul Carolli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that still can't watch its own basketball and hockey teams on TV. The Avs had their season opener Wednesday night, which is last night. For us right now, we're recording on a Thursday, but I was downtown. I saw a lot of people wearing uniforms. Happy for those people. They got to see the game. Um, I'm here with our host, Bree Davies.
1: I thought you're going to start with something like that, and that's not our topic today. You know, I have so many feelings about how I have to illegally watch Nuggets games every year now that I'm a Nuggets person. Yeah. And by every year, I mean this is the second year <laughs> that I'm now stealing Nuggets games off of the internet from some weird website called NBA something dot com mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. stick it to that whoever's problem this is we'll get into that yeah, in some, at some point some, point, some We'll show. figure it
0: out i have no idea what the actual problem is i know there's a dispute over either. rights but it's complicated it is also joining us today our producer Alexander mcmahon
2: hello i don't watch sports so this
3: does not apply to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh peyton garcia who writes our morning weekday newsletter
3: we refuse to pay for cable, so Willie steals all of his sports watching. That's right, Willie. <laughs> Willie and I are
1: on the same team—team team stealing our sports. Last
3: week, we signed up for um, a Hulu live TV account. We, we're just doing the uh, free trials with different emails so that we can get nice, the great ideas. So,
0: so welcome everybody. It's Friday, and as we do every Friday, we're looking back at the news of the week. We're talking about it, and our first story
1: this isn't um, this is an opinion show i just want to put that out there <laughs> that we talk about the news but we just have opinions you, about it versus the rest of the week where we generally explore a news topic with an expert. you just couldn't help yourself Brie, huh <laughs> i couldn't help myself
0: <laughs> you know it's you know it's important Sorry, to Paul. set expectations
1: it's i just want to make that clarification about we're Fridays. humans
0: we have perspectives i think people should understand that about mm-hmm. us um And the four of us, what caught our eye this week, more than anything else, was this story from the New York Times. They published a list of the 50 most, quote unquote, vibrant and delicious restaurants in the United States. Now, it wasn't a top 50, it wasn't a ranked list, but they said that together, these 50 places reflect the rich mosaic of American dining, which was very lofty language. And there were two Denver restaurants on the list. So we thought, do these two restaurants reflect the rich mosaic of Denver dining? Uh, the two restaurants were Komal Heritage Food Incubator and Frasca Food and Wine in Boulder. Um, Peyton, I want to start with you. You had an interesting reaction to this. Maybe you could say briefly what Comal and Frasca are and what you thought about this list and their appearance on it.
3: Yeah, so my immediate reaction was just that these two restaurants could not be more polar opposite just in everything in in what they serve in their price point in who they serve and where they're located um so komal heritage food incubator is located in 5 points and i think they're 5 years old and their their whole model is they bring in w- immigrant refugee women Um, and they bring them in and they give them stipends to support their families while they train them on the business side of, um, running a restaurant. And so this, so it's, it's, I think a 12 to 18 month, maybe it's 12 to 16 month program where they bring these women in and, um, they're training them how to run a business, but at the same time, they're serving their food to patrons. So they do have a lunch menu. You can come in and you're getting a wide variety of international fare, um, everything from Africa to Latin America to the Middle East. It's it's incredible. Um, and their price point is super affordable. Uh, you know, you're getting $5 chips and salsa, $10 entrees. Um, and it's it's just it's a really popular thing. They've launched... I think, seven women into their own businesses. I think there's four restaurants that have come out of this, um, or restaurant brands that have come out of this. And, and it's just, it's a very, very cool thing that they're doing. And then you have Frosca Food and Wine, which is 17 years old, and it is located on Pearl Street in Boulder. And it's everything that is opposite of Comal Heritage Food Incubator. So
0: No social mission no good yeah cause no. behind it
3: no their chefs are classically trained in in paris and france and they have they've received 11 james beard award nominations they've won three james beard awards um it's their their wine program is run by bobby stuckey who is you know if you're in the food world that's a household name i mean you'll get laughed at if you don't know who bobby stuckey is um a price for a four course dinner because they only do you don't go in and you order what you want you have to do their four course um plated dinners that they do and it's 125 a person for that so that doesn't include um drinks or anything which is not super crazy i mean there's really fancy restaurants in denver that are around the same price point but the whole point is when you're comparing it to Kamal Heritage Food Incubator, it's different. Um, and that's just for the four course dinner. If you wanna do the chef's dinner, it's $200 a person um, and you can add wine wine pairings for $130 a person. So um, yeah, those are the two. and And just my immediate thought was, wow, you could not pick two more different restaurants, which I guess in a way does kind of show this um what's the word you used Paul the rich um,
0: mosaic of American dining
3: yes that the rich mosaic <laughs> so you're, you are showing that like Colorado caters like the has these two completely opposite end of the spectrum restaurants that are obviously worth noting and worth going to but I think there's a lot to unpack here just in the sense that it's like of course Sprask in Boulder that's that's <laughs> who that caters mm-hmm. to there's the only place Frasca could be is Boulder and, and and that Kumal Heritage Food Incubator is awesomely in five points. Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't Frasca's food like from one tiny region of Italy too? like all. I yeah. read that online. I was like, wow, That's, that was
3: their inspiration. Their inspiration was um, to basically. Yeah, it's it's to bring that food from a very 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 tiny region in Italy, a very specific region. Their wine and their food is inspired from that itty bitty region, and they're like I said, their chefs all trained like overseas. They have you know they've been at Michelin stars, they've gone to these really prestigious food academies, and then at Comal you've got these um, women who are just here and just need to make ends meet, and they you know. They're just trying to find their American dream, and Kamal Heritage Food Incubator is allowing them to do that. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bree, have you ever been to either of these places? Do you think they reflect the rich mosaic of Denver dining right now? (laughs) No.
1: No, I haven't. Um, I mean, what's striking to me is that uh, Kamal is sort of embracing the women's work that food often has been in families and cultures for a long time and then Frasca's sort of representation of what happens when like male things take over and they create all these like f- basically made rigid up systems, ideas of what power is, structures it, it rigid's it's a power yeah it's a power, i see a power structure thing happening here um so it doesn't mean I wouldn't go to both of them or that I don't love fancy Italian food for sure because I do it just that's what struck me and I think uh I see this more as like a thing that the New York Times is doing it's like look we're able to pick something so run-of-the-mill every day and then something so fancy because we are like this is our idea of diversity or whatever. I do
3: wonder like, if that Now that you bring that up, I wonder if that was intentional by the people who wrote this list if it's like, okay, we picked this really fancy place, but now we also need to pick this, um, you know, this kind of good cause, small incubator place. And maybe I'm just naive. Yeah. Until you brought that up, I I was just like, wow, that's so cool that like a really fancy place got picked in this small place. But maybe you're right. Maybe it it was done intentionally. I don't know. And I think that
1: that's a move in food writing in general in the last couple of years too, is to acknowledge that there's these class lines and things with food and that um, they're they're apparent in all these different ways more than just what you're eating, but like the place that you're in, who serves it, who makes it, what the origin of the restaurant is, all those kinds of things. So yeah, I don't know the intention of this list, but that was just the thing that struck me the most was um, how different these are, are prefaced or how they're des- described too. Like, this one's like, we're helping women. Like, when these women are probably doing uh, amazing... I mean, these people keep their families going. I mean,
3: this is like... Again, this
1: is like a women's labor Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. to me. I
3: I read this article from CNN, um, spotlighting. And it was from earlier this year. It was in September of this year. So, you know, just last month. And it spotlights one of the women who, who launched a restaurant out of Komal and... They quote her and it's so adorable. She says, I love cumin, but the secret ingredient is love. And I don't think that that is anything, like I don't think the chefs at Frosca would say that. They'd be like, the secret ingredient is this very rare microgreen that we imported from Italy. Uh, The secret
0: ingredient (laughs) is a chemical that we use to make it extra fluffy in this one specific way.
3: So I, I found that to be, but what really made me mad is I'm reading the CNN article. They never once named her restaurant. They just say mm. she has a restaurant. And I'm like, "This is what I'm, that sucks? That's
1: exactly what I'm saying. Like that, it's
3: like there's a dismissal of women's I do work. have to give a shout out though to, so Carolyn Carr, Carlin Carr, she runs the wine program alongside Bobby Stuckey at Frosca. So I have to give her a, a go, go female shout out. Um, cause she does an awesome job and she's really made a name for herself in the wine world. And then they also had, I, I don't know if she's still there. Um, I'm looking at an article from 2019 that was written about her, but there's a husband and wife duo that runs the kitchen at Frosca and, um, she's an Asian woman. Her name is Kelly June, I think is how you say it, um but she is running, or at least was in 2019, running The Kitchen at Frasca. So I do have to give them that shout out. Granted, um, it was Lachlan McKinnon Patterson is who launched it alongside Bobby Stuckey. And um, yeah, that's way different than the people who are launching restaurants at Kamal. But they do have some women representation at mm-hmm. Frasca.
0: Alexandra, let's, let's go to you. How did you feel about the, the juxtaposition between Kamal and Frasca on this list?
3: I mean, I agree with Bree
2: that it did feel like intentional by the New York Times to be like, oh, like, like, I almost wonder when they were picking restaurants, they had certain qualifications. It's like, okay, this many X amount of restaurants need to be, um, you know, high priced and X amount of restaurants need to be more affordable. But um, I think the thing that stuck out to me and something I really appreciated when I was reading the Denver Post article that was covering this list, um, Josie Sexton over there made the point that, like. Are these lists even the point right now? Like, should we even be making these lists after the year that the restaurant industry has had? It's like, it seems, I don't know, like almost a little insensitive or just like, like not what we should be prioritizing right now um, as restaurants recover and come out of like the the havoc that the pandemic wreaked on them. So I, that was what stuck out to me the most was like, why are we even doing this list? (laughs) Hmm. not not what's on the list but like why does this list even exist right now
3: it's a great point um i was reading i think it was denver right um they said the day after the new york times article ran komal Com- was just packed oh, over wow. run mm. with customers which is great mm. for for komal for sure but i mean um
2: i'm sure the same thing happened i don't know there's so
3: many right yeah and there's well and frosca probably doesn't need the crowd um but there's so many other restaurants out there though that are hurting for that kind of attention and it's i mean good for frosca and and especially good for komal but kind of sucks
0: yeah all right i think that's a perfectly good place to leave it for komal and frosca in the new york times
1: there are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com.
0: All right, next up, Alexandra. I'm turning it over to you. You've got a game for us, I think?
2: oh yeah all right so a little bit of backstory first i was at a yard sale last friday and um you know going through their wares they had a lot of a lot of old stuff and then i stumbled upon this dusty old box and on the cover it said denver trivia game cards and i was like yes (laughs) so uh, they sold it to me for a dollar and now i bring it to you all to quiz your denver knowledge now this game, I believe, came out in 1984. Okay.
3: So you could say the trivia is a little outdated. So, I, was I the only one born?
0: <laughs> How many of us were alive?
3: <laughs> I mean, I my mom, me, I think, was nine <laughs> in 1984.
1: No, yeah, yeah, eleven, me and, maybe. Me and me and Peyton's mom <laughs> were around in
0: 1984. I was four. Hey, so. I'm not gonna let that slow me down. Bring it on. I read history. <laughs>
2: Look, here's the thing. A lot of these questions are really tricky, but I tried to pick some easy ones for you guys for this first round of trivia, and I'm sure we'll bring this segment back. I'm going to do this Jeopardy style. So I'm going to toss the question out to all uh, three of you. And um, because listeners, you can't see this. We're all on Zoom. And so to buzz in, I'm going to have them all use the reaction button on Zoom. So whoever can react first in Zoom, I'm going to call on you get the first option to answer if you get it wrong we'll go to the next person who buzzed in okay got it i have i have no point system worked out though so you all just need to actually i mean if we really want to decide a winner i can put the cards i can put if you if you get the card i'll put it down so that we can count how many cards each of you has at the end of the game and then you'll be the big (laughs) winner of nothing (laughs) of denver trivia okay are you ready Absolutely. Ready. Yep. Wait, I lost my first question. Hang on. <clears throat> Have your fingers ready. What is Metro Denver's largest water amusement park? Bree. Waterworld. Correct. Damn it, I should have answered that yep. one. Starting off really okay. easy. Okay, that's pretty good. Not gonna
3: have many more <laughs> chances.
2: Okay. At what Denver High School did Corky Gonzalez and the Crusade for Justice hold numerous protest demonstrations in the nineteen sixties? Oh, I was reading, so I don't know who did it no, first. It was Brie. Okay, thank you for your honesty. As soon
0: as you said Corky Gonzalez in school.
2: Uh, it's west high school <laughs> that is it's correct all right, no it's all right i had a feeling that brie was gonna clean up here but <laughs> yeah she? she's gonna okay here's a little bit of a trickier one maybe i don't know who served as mayor of denver from 1904 until 1912 and again from 1916 until his death in 1918
0: paul <sighs> that's uh mr robert speer
2: that is correct. Dang it, Paul! <laughs> wow, I did beautiful not know Beautiful, Robert Grandpa. Spear.
0: Beautiful
2: city, beautiful, <laughs> city, beautiful. city, beautiful.
1: Also known for being extremely corrupt in his election situation and how he got there in the first place.
2: <laughs> we should do a show about <laughs> Robert Spear.
0: We oh. should. He's <laughs> such an interesting person, mm-hmm. and shaped the city sure. so much.
2: Is that who Spear Boulevard's named <laughs> after? Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: He's the reason we have the park system we do <laughs> too. Hmm.
3: Okay, we gotta get Peyton on the board. Oh, I've passed. I, I I knew the first two and I don't think they're gonna get any easier. No, it's okay. There stuff.
2: there's some easy ones mixed in here. We go. We gotta get you in the game, Peyton. All right. According to its slogan, what does the Seattle Fish Company sell? Whoa. According to its slogan.
3: <laughs> Fish? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta buzz in, Peyton. <laughs> I don't know its slogan, sorry. I'm just here. I'm the peanut gallery. I would
0: love to hear their slogan.
2: Okay. We're going to say no one's getting this. If it swims, we sell it. Oh, my gosh.
1: If it That's, swims, wow. we sell it. That's super unappetizing, to be people honest. People swim. Yeah, people swim. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Do shrimp swim? Uh, like- yeah, they float around. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Here's a fun one. Give the median age of the population of Denver as of 1984. Whoa. Median age of Denverites in 1984. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Would know. anyone like to 46? take a stab in the dark? 42. 42. Okay, Peyton, no. 31 years old. Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> okay. I wonder what the median age is now. I would be curious. Yeah. I would think it I might we be could skewing it. younger,
1: but...
0: Oh, wait a second. I just sorry, I just googled Denver median age. 34.5 years as of 2019.
2: Oh. Older. Isn't that interesting? We're getting older. I thought it would have gone the other way. Yeah, we talk Me so too. much about
0: like all these young people who've moved here in the last 10 years. Turns they out
2: they did. They moved
1: here 10 years ago when they were 24. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. We're learning we're learning so much. All right. This one should be easy. In the summer of nineteen seventy two, Dick Lamb helped lead the movement to prevent this major event from being held in Colorado. (laughs) Did Brie Buzzin before Paul? You can have it. I know I'm stealing
3: so
1: passionate about this though. It's Paul's like whole thing in life is the Olympics. It is
0: my favorite thing. Oh, you know what? We've been talking about Halloween and Halloween costumes. Can I just like step away for one second to show you all something? Yes.
2: Yeah. yes you can as long as we can keep this in the
3: episode <laughs> isn't Paul just the slyest typer whenever we're on zoom he's always like he looks like he's looking right at you but he's like Secret I know typing. I was like how did
1: he google oh oh here we go oh god I
0: had this I designed and had this made a couple of years ago this is a baseball cap that says Denver 76 on it with the Olympic rings it's like rings. old school foam yeah like Trucker 70s hat. style i tried to do it as like 70s style as i could and i went f- uh for i dressed up for halloween one year as the ghost of the 76 denver olympics
3: <laughs> oh my I gosh it. that's that's so yeah bald. guess how many people that's got so that not yeah, nobody zero,
0: of course it was embarrassing no,
3: <laughs> That's okay it's
0: like how'd you like me to Explain the story for 25 minutes to you at this uh, party. At
2: <laughs> this Halloween oh,
0: no?
1: party? were like, oh my God, I got stuck next to the Olympics guy.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God. Okay, uh, yeah, so the answer was 1976 Winter Olympics. Uh, we'll give that to Bree. Okay, here's one. Though gold is what brought people to Denver, the Tabers, Browns, etc., made their fortunes from what? Bree? Silver. Yep. Come on, you guys. <laughs> and then the tabers lost it
1: all.
0: I would not have known that. I did not know. The Tabor's, really? the Brown's? The bis- no.
1: Yeah, the silver crash and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something you guys did miss by not maybe being born or not being here is we used to have a lot of mining-themed things, and there used to be a restaurant called Baby Doe's that was mm-hmm. named after Baby Doe Tabor, and it was on the side of I-25, um, and it was like a mine. <laughs> Baby Doe Tabor? Oh, yeah. Look her up. She's fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating person.
2: Okay. Who lives on the southeast corner of 8th and Pennsylvania? Bree? The governor. Yes. Mm
3: that mm. was there too slow <laughs> just so you guys know i i stopped i stopped clicking sorry <laughs> sorry, poor sorry this, is a, this is a brie and paul game <laughs> i'm not quick enough for this um i'm just here
2: to add um i <laughs> if i was not moderating pain i would be in the same boat as you it would just be it's just, right. just a pain it's Payton.
1: not like a real or point brie of pride paul. for me either i that i know this much about this <laughs> it should be i mean it, it is be. i love it but i'm like it's not like a def- it's not a functional skill outside of this show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. We just have a few questions left. Do we have time, Paul? Sure. We have time. All right. Name Denver's first amusement park. Oh. I thought Bree. would oh. get... Okay,
1: Brie. I want to say that it was Elitch's.
0: I think there's a different one. But, but it I think could
1: th- be I, another... Go ahead, Paul. I'm I don't know the yeah, name Bri- of it, Yeah, Brie's wrong. Bree's wrong. Oh, okay. I, th- I have another guess if Paul doesn't know. I just
0: know where I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think I know that it was at Alamo Placida Park. There used oh, to be an amusement park right. with like, oh, yeah. like a jumping board and a... Hmm. Paul, oh, I think
2: one? you're right. I it's think- not Manhattan Beach. No.
0: What's the real answer? I, I, I would not know the name of it.
2: The answer, but I think you're right about its location, Paul, is Riverfront Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. That sounds right. Riverfront Park. Okay. In what year did RTD introduce its articulated buses? <laughs> are those like the accordion style bus? I don't know what articulated buses are. I'm sure Nate Miner would know. Maybe
1: like a disability rights question or something. Articulated um, buses. I'm guessing it's those accordion buses. And I have not a clue. I don't know, maybe 1979?
0: I'll throw in a guess. I'll throw in a guess. I'm going to say uh, 19, well, hmm. has to be before 83. I'm trying to reason it out. Like, would they introduce new buses during the the oil crisis? It would probably be before that. Uh, Mm.
2: This game came out in 1984, just so you know. That's the only hint I will give you.
0: 1982.
2: So close, Paul, 1983. Wow. Yeah
0: very newsy Um, game good for them
2: articulated buses are kind of newer um but we don't know what they are
3: (laughs) but we don't yeah google them yeah paul use your sly typing skills to google them
0: (laughs) oh no yeah was exactly right articulated bus can refer to a bendy bus a tandem bus a vestibule bus and it's just the buses with the accordion in the middle
3: Why don't they just call them accordion
2: buses? Right? Looks like some people do. That would be too simple. Moving on. Two questions left. Paul, I want you to get one more.
0: I want that too. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Just just do it, Paul. Wow. Okay. I see how this is going. Okay. (laughs) We're all ganging up on Bree. Um, Name the largest circulation weekly newspaper in Colorado in 1984
0: weekly Free. newspaper in 1984
2: oh weekly yeah weekly newspaper
3: oh mm-hmm. it's probably something in like the metro area right kind of a curveball there what would be a weekly
0: yeah Rocky Mountain News is daily back then that's and what that's I was what thinking I was, yeah I, don't, no I don't I couldn't tell you a weekly newspaper
1: I didn't know we had a weekly all right other than like the Cherry Creek Chronicle or something
2: this is actually very interesting. So the largest circulation weekly newspaper in Colorado at that time was the Denver Catholic Register.
1: Oh, of course. Hmm. Sorry, my family got that. So ah. what was I also think it was like comes to your house if you go to Catholic school. <laughs> I don't think you get a choice. I think that might be why it was so big in circulation. That makes sense. What kind
0: of What kind of news did they have?
1: Catholic stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what the Pope was up to, what the Archdiocese here was up to. <laughs> whose fish fry was going off, you know? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who was having like a church garage sale, to, you know? But also like politics stuff, healthcare, blah, blah, blah.
2: I just realized I've been like holding these cards up, but I hope you all can't see the answers on the back. No, I can't. All right. Bree's just been cheating. I'm I know. <laughs> 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 okay. Final question. We we probably know who the winner is, but like, we all won in our hearts. <laughs> On what street is the Molly Brown House located?
3: Oh, oh, Bree, Gosh. you should know that. I know. I feel.
0: I could tell you three streets that it's that it is close to.
1: I'm. My guess is Pennsylvania. Bree's right. Well oh, done. Wow.
2: Well done. I was like good Pennsylvania, job,
1: Pearl, Logan.
2: Claps for Bree. Wow. So Bree got one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Paul got. one. You guys one. are really
1: treating me like the class kiss up over here. <laughs>
3: hey, it's not my fault. I told impressive. you. I just have useless information in my mind. I'll. I'll how many questions did you ask, Alexandra? Twelve. Twelve. I'll. I'll say I knew probably half of those.
2: Yeah, that's good. I, I tried to pick a, like a good mix of yeah. easy but like not obvious ones. And there's so many more in that box. So
0: We'll do this again.
2: We'll have we'll round 2.
0: Well, one last short bit of business before we say goodbye this Friday. Uh we're doing something fun next week, uh, the same way we did uh, breakfast burritos, the same way we did out-of-state burger chains. This time, we're taking on an epic showdown, a clash of the titans, two Denver-style, mission-style burrito joints, Chipotle versus Illegal Pete's. We're testing them out. we are I mean, of course, we've probably all been to both a bunch of times over the years, but We're going again. We're putting up against each other. It's to say once and for all, which one is the one, the best, the one to represent everything that a good Denver-style, mission-style burrito should be. And we want to hear from you, what you all think about Chipotle and Illegal Pete's, which one's better, which one's worse, why. Um, Please leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood at 720-500-5418. That's 720 five oh oh five four one eight and we might play your message on the show. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli and Alexander McMahon. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Citycast Denver. Tell a friend about us the next time you see them. And if you're looking for more news and cool events and recommendations of fun things to do around the city, sign up for that morning newsletter I mentioned. You can learn more about that and subscribe at Denver.CityCast.FM. See you next week, Denver.
1: I didn't get to give a shout out. Whoever runs the Waterworld Twitter talks to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that as the
2: blooper break. <laughs>